0: Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, Internet World, West Alabama, right here in downtown. Fortport. This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. Hope you guys are having a great week, just like I am. It's going to be a great Thursday. Hope it's going to be uh, fun for you guys as we are getting up and getting geared up for the weekend. Alabama basketball playing on Friday, Alabama football on Saturday. going to be a fun weekend ahead and we are here on the Joe Gaither Show to talk about Alabama football against Kentucky. 11 a.m. Will the Crimson Tide keep it rolling? You can follow the show at, at BamaCentral.com on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on Amazon. And, of course, you can find us at Joe JoeGather6 on all the social media machines. Send us your comments, questions, queries, and complaints. We're going to be welcoming in Aaron Gershon from the Cats Pause, 24-7 sports today to talk about Alabama's opponent Alabama obviously coming off a huge win against LSU but Kentucky coming off a nice little win as well beating Mississippi State 24 to 3 getting back in the winner's circle Aaron thank you so much for joining me today you guys can follow him at a gershon99 on the Twitter machine Aaron thanks so much for uh, for your time today and uh, I know I kind of mess you up
1: there uh, sure we go um, You're good, man. It's a little hectic this time of year with basketball and football crossing over. So that's why I'm in the glamorous car doing this. uh, You know, just got out of a basketball press conference, but I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here. How was uh, Coach Cal today? Pretty excited Um, for the new year. It wasn't Coach Cal, it was a couple of players. But uh, yeah, no, it was good. And, you know, they should, they've got a young team this year, but a lot of, they can really run in transition. And uh, it should be a lot more fun this year than it kind of was last year for this basketball program.
0: Well, we look forward to hopefully uh, having a couple, ha- having a good game against Kentucky in basketball. Yeah. For 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 football, Alabama hasn't been up to uh, to Lexington since 2013. So let us know kind right. of the, uh, the snapshot of the Kentucky <laughs> season right now. you Alabama- uh, Kentucky six and three. Right. They kind of worked their way through the early part of the schedule, and they got a big old win okay. week against against Florida, but then losing to Georgia, losing to Missouri, losing to Tennessee what's kind of the snapshot picture of big Blue nation and the football side of things?
1: Yeah well it's funny a lot of I, was, I thought you were gonna say the snapshot of what's changed in the last 10 years because a lot has changed uh, since that 2013 trip uh, uh, to Lexington that Alabama Tons had. have but, changed. Yeah, a lot has changed where uh, this game is one where you're having me on to talk about it, or 10 years ago, probably don't need to. But um, <laughs> I'd say this year, you know, they started obviously really hot. They've started 5-0, and sure, the schedule wasn't great, but the way they kind of dominated Florida um, really stood out, I think, early in the season. The way they were able to control the lines of scrimmage ray davis ran for 280 yards on himself uh kentucky runs for i forgot exactly what it was but well over 300 yards on the ground and then on the defensive side of the ball shutting down those two elite backs that florida has with etn and Montreal johnson and just uh, absolutely dominating that game and you know that performance and georgia maybe getting off to a little bit of a not a slow start but struggling in the first half early in the year there were some definitely some people that talked to themselves into maybe Kentucky having a shot in Athens, and then they get punched in the mouth down there. Um, Mizzou comes to town the next week, and really, I think that game, I know the score was 38-21. I don't think that's a really a fair representation. Kentucky deserved to lose the game, but the the average field position for Missouri was the 38, and that was because of poor punting. And Kentucky, you know, that was Luther Burden's lowest yardage total of the season. Uh, two catches for 15, and Cody Schrader, the running back who's now leading the SEC in rushing, had his lowest yards per carry of the season. So, Kentucky's defense did some good things in that game. They just couldn't really survive the short fields, and the offense only put up 21 points, but they were up 14 nothing early. So, you know, that game was a tough one. And then Tennessee, they played great offensively, they just couldn't get any stops on defense. So, that set them to five and three. But last week, they were able to kind of Play a pretty complete game they kind of they kind of took their foot which is something mark stoops likes to do when he gets a big lead in the second half where it was kind of just play defense and run the clock out on offense so that's why i think the score was 24 to three probably would have been a little higher if kentucky didn't call off the dogs a little bit but they dominated that game and you know mississippi state's having a tough year down there but kentucky needed that to kind of get their confidence get their swagger back and you know now they sit six and three with a huge opportunity this weekend
0: Oh absolutely and so Big blue nation Bowl eligible again Mark Stoops has really uh, given a give given, given a sense of consistency and stability to the Kentucky program, the second longest tenured coach in the SEC, just behind Nick Saban. Yeah. Uh, so what, what's going to be the uh, – tell us about Devin Leary. Devin Leary transferred yeah. him from uh, NC State. Transferred him from NC State. Seems like he started a little slowly, but uh, just how has he he assimilated into, uh, into the Wildcats program?
1: Yeah, he's playing much better these last two games than he did the first seven. I think that there were – Look, he's coming up. He had the torn pec last year in Week Six, and I think that maybe there was some rust there. There was some getting used to this offense, where at NC State he played a wide zone scheme, and they didn't. Um, you know, they spread the receivers out wide, and they they went with tempo, more similar, not like Tennessee tempo, but it's more similar to that than Kentucky's pro style offense, where it plays on the wristband and slower into the huddle, and you know, really putting an emphasis on balance so i think there was a little bit of a culture shock from that standpoint for larry and it took some time to adjust but really it started to take off against tennessee uh you know the way ray davis was running the ball the first seven games tennessee and tim banks their defense coordinator said it the next week said hey our game plan was we're going to stack the box and we're going to make ray davis beat uh, we're going to make Devin larry in the passing game beat us we're not going to let ray davis do it and they shut down ray davis but Devin Larry had a field day, threw for 372 yards, hit eight different receivers, and really took off. And then last week against Mississippi State, you know, had another solid game. I know the yardage was only 156, but he made some really nice throws, got out of some sacks that, and made things happen. And then in the late in the third quarter, he took a hit and kind of got his bell rung, and they decided to sit him out for the fourth quarter, but he's since been cleared and he's good to go for Saturday. So um, he's playing a lot better. It was definitely a slow start. I know the inter- uh, the completion percentage is only at 57%. Um, I think that has to do with his slow start. He definitely missed some throws, but Kentucky earlier in the season was having some drop issues um, at, at the receiver position, which has since it's it's been better at that in that aspect too. So, you know, the passing game starting to take off a little bit, but um, now it's kind of—they're just trying to. We're still—we're going to be ten games in here, and they're still just trying to find that balance and put a complete offensive performance together. Uh, they really haven't done that yet. Where both phases of their offense are clicking, and they're just putting up points consistently. And obviously, this is not the ideal opponent to kind of get everything to click uh, in one game. But you know, I think they're closer than they've been all year to finally having the offense they kind of thought they were going to have going into the season.
0: We're talking to Aaron Gershon, Gershon of Cats Pause twenty four seven right here on the Joe Gaither Show. Alabama playing Kentucky at eleven a.m. on Saturday. All right, so how good is Ray Davis? Compare him to the rest yeah. of the backs in the SEC: uh, Quinshon Judkins, Logan Diggs, Jalen Wright. Where does I mean? We all saw the uh, big two eighty eight number against Kentucky and thought, "Holy moly!" But yeah, uh, really,
2: how
1: good 80.
0: is uh, is uh, Ray Davis?
1: Yeah, he's a very good player. Look, I mean. I think he was probably even a little underrated going into this season. He ran for over a thousand yards at Vanderbilt, which is pretty damn hard to do. Uh he did that last season. And um so this year, you know, behind a better offensive line than he had at Vandy, uh he got off to a really hot start. I think what makes Bray really good is he's awesome after contact. I think he's five hundred and sixty-five of his 903 rushing yards on the year after contact. And he has really good vision. He sees holes and he's able to hit them. Um, and he's also versatile. I mean, he has over 200 yards receiving. He has five touchdowns through the air. So he could do a little bit of everything. But um, the last couple of weeks, the opposing defenses have made it a point to say, hey, we're not going to let Ray Davis beat us. And, you know, Kentucky struggled to run the ball a little bit. They only ran for... Uh, I don't know what the total yards as a team, but Ray only ran for 42 against Tennessee, uh, two and a half yards per carry. He did have a touchdown, but still just not a great day there. And then last week, I think he was around three and a half yards per carry, had had one long run but uh, for 14, but otherwise it was pretty much held in check too. So, um, you know, part of that is Ray, maybe just defense is selling out to stop him. Uh, Kentucky's guard play uh, has been a little suspect the last couple of weeks up front. The tackles have been really solid, but the interior of the line hasn't, Played up to the standard they've kind of hoped so far. I wouldn't say overall all year, but definitely the last couple of weeks, um, especially last week. So, um, but yeah, no. Ray's a terrific player. He's a terrific human, really. To be honest with you, is an amazing story. Um, so, you know, they're going to try to get him back on track this week and create that balance I was talking about there.
0: All right. So Alabama playing Kentucky this week, and uh, we kind of already outlined Kentucky's early season six and three. Yeah. What is? What's the view of uh, Big Blue Nation? I mean, you get the big loss to uh, to Georgia, and uh, Mark Stoops kind of has the, oh, you guys can pay, can donate money too. Georgia bought a <laughs> lot of good players, which is right. Uh, what's the general – I mean, Mark Stoops, the all-time leader in wins for Kentucky, I believe. So, like, he's obviously – we hit on the consistency just a, a comment or two ago what's kind of the general feel of big blue nation of like a wildcats fans. It's okay. You're not going to really take down Georgia perhaps, but just kind of are you? is the general fan satisfied with the football program?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the expectations are starting to rise. Look, I mean, I think there's definitely an appreciation for what Mark Stoops has done here. I mean, eight straight bowls, I think before the record for UK was four. So they're, they're already doubling that. Um, you mentioned, um, you know, not winning at Georgia. That's that's the thing that's bugging fans is kind of not being able to get to that next step. Um, you know, they've they've done a lot where they've gotten the Florida streak off their back and now they kind of are, are running the table in that head-to-head matchup. You know, they have a couple wins over Tennessee, not as much as they would have wanted, but that streak, you know, at least they have some wins in that. And, you know, they've been, finished second in the East, I think twice. So, you know, they've done a lot. He's taken this program up to, up to a new standard, but there's definitely a... a, a, a it's just like a wanting to take that next step. Beating Georgia, I mean, look, I, I knew it was going to be a really hard task. I saw fans kind of talk themselves into it. I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be as ugly either. But you know, they're not quite there yet, and I don't know, if, quite frankly, if they'll ever be there. So I think there's kind of just a there's a little bit. Of, I wouldn't say a frustration, but kind of just like a down in the dumps. Like, hey, you know, we never got that SEC East title, obviously you know, division play is going to end in this conference uh, starting next year. Um, there's frustration that they haven't had that maybe marquee win in a couple of years now. Um, like 2021, And I know LSU was down that year, but when they beat down LSU, a program of that status, I think that was kind of like, the peak moment and they went on to win 10 games that year, but I think that was kind of where this, that peak moment for the fan base of, Oh my gosh, like we are really taking this thing to new heights. And I I think there's just a little bit of a craving to get back there. So, I mean, if they were able to pull off this upset Saturday, again, not predicting that don't think it's going to happen, but if they were, I think that would be the moment where the fans really go back to just, it's all love for Mark Stoops because there's an appreciation, but there's kind of a frustration right now is how I would kind of put it with this fan base. Like, yeah, going bowling's great, but eight years in a row. But you you wanted to knock down that next door and get to that next level tier of bowl that you know the Sixers bowl is kind of as far as it's gone for Kentucky.
0: Well, I was well, I've been watching Kentucky this week and really with their style of play, uh, they'd be competitive in the Big Ten. They'd, they'd be yeah, the right they'd big. Win the
1: big Ten West pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know it's and it's different than look. You should go watch them from. 2018 through 2020. <laughs> I mean, then you're really getting into the into that style of ball where it was all ground and pound, a really elite run game with guys like Benny Snell, Chris Rodriguez, Lynn Bowden, even when he they had to play him at quarterback with all the injuries and playing an elite defense. So, you know, they're definitely more balanced in the in the offense this year. Um, they're trying, you know, they have Liam Cohen who Uh, has NFL experience, offense coordinator with the Rams and quarterback's coach there as well, or assistant quarterback's coach while he was in L.A. in two different tenures. So, you know, they're trying to create balance. You know, they've been able to recruit pretty well at the wide receiver position. You know, Barryon Brown and Dame Key are both four-star guys, now sophomores, who set freshman records um, last year in receiving yards for Brown, receiving touchdowns for Key. So they're trying to create that balance. But, yeah, you're totally right, where they – at the end of the day, like, their objective is to get on you, get a lead, and then play defense and ground and pound the rest of the game and kind of run that clock out. So, yeah, there's definitely some big 10 aspects of it, but um, they're trying to they're trying to get away from that perception uh, to help with recruiting and to you know help be a little more appealing to the fans out there. All
0: right, so the last time Alabama was there, 48-7 to in 2013. A big old win for the Crimson Tide. What's going to be the key for the Wildcats to keep it closer than 41 points? I believe the line right now is at 11. Is it 11? Yeah, it's at 11 with the over-under at 47. So what's going to be your key for the Wildcats? Let's keep it close. We're going to do X and Y and Z, and that's going to give them a fighting chance. What's going to be kind of the Big Blue Nation keys to the game?
1: Yeah, well, again, a lot has changed since Kentucky is nowhere where it was 10 years ago. So (laughs) I don't think it'll be that bad. It could, who knows, but uh, I don't think so. But, yeah, I think uh, starting on the defense side of the ball, I think you got to try to make Alabama one-dimensional. They're already, even if that means they beat you one way, I just don't think you can let them beat you in both aspects. That's what kind of got them killed at Tennessee, where Tennessee was able to run the ball down their throats and then uh, do enough in the passing game to win. So if, I think if you're Kentucky, you want to keep Milroe in that pocket. I know, you know, he's taking a lot of sacks this year. I think you want to make him stay in that pocket. And if he beats you with his deep ball, which he can, you know, tip your cap. But you don't want to get run all over by Milrow or by those backs. You want to be able to – I would hang your hat on just trying to let them beat you down the field. And if they do it, like that is what it is. Like big-time players make big-time plays in big-time games. So that that's my key on the defense side of the ball. And then the offense side of the ball – um, you know, I think it needs to be similar to to how they played the last two weeks, and just mixing that run game in and finding some success. You know, average four and a half yards per carry instead of three and a half. Stay out of third and longs. So that's something they've struggled with all years, getting behind the chains. So, you know, and then you know, you just in a game like this, it it's coach speak cliche whatever but you can't you can't turn the ball over you can't give a team like alabama extra opportunities uh with the football whether that be a turnover whether that be 15 yard personal foul penalties that essentially are a turnover because you're punting from deeper in your own territory. You just, you have to play as close to mistake free as possible. And they did a really good job against Tennessee with that. I think they were only penalized, you know, four times and three of them were pre-snap. So um, if they do, I I think they need to kind of play like they did against Tennessee on the offense side of the ball and then the defense side of the ball. Um, It just needs to be again, trying to make Alabama one dimensional. And if they beat you through the air, so be it. Um, But, I, again, I think it would be uh, – it would be wise to try to just limit that run game, limit what Milrose able to do off script and with his legs because I think that's when Milrose at his best. And, again, not taking anything away. I know how gr- good of a deep ball he has. I know how good Jermaine Burton and Isaiah Bond have, have been the last couple weeks. But um, I do think that would be the ideal way to go about it if you're Kentucky.
0: We're, we're hanging out with Aaron Gershon of the Cats Paws 24-7. Just a couple more questions for you right here on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central on a Thursday. Alabama taking on Kentucky on Saturday. All right, so tell us uh, about one of our coaches. Eric Wolford came from yeah. Kentucky for, is it not in, in his third year now. In his third year now, and a lot of people were really excited about bringing him on uh he's kind of been sometimes well received, sometimes not, based <laughs> yeah. on how many sacks the uh based on how many sacks the offensive line gives right. up. Uh, right.
1: what,
0: what, what what do you remember about Eric Wolford? Do you have any interesting Eric Wolford stories or uh or Just, anecdotes? What really do you think uh, he brings to a, a team's offensive line?
1: Yeah, so Wolford, that offensive line in twenty twenty-one that he had here at Kentucky had three NFL guys on it. So they that was one of their better offensive lines, but it was kind of an inherited thing, right? I mean, I guess Dare Rosenthal they got out of the portal. I forget how much Wolford had as, you know, recruitment effort in that, or if that was, you know, Vince Marrow and Mark Stoops more so. So I mean, I don't wanna not give credit to Wolford if that was his guy or not. Sure. Uh, but like Luke Fortner was a guy who's been been here. Um Uh, Eli Cox had a really good year that year. So, um, and then I'm I'm missing Darren Kennard, who was an all American at right tackle. So he kind of inherited a really, really good Kentucky offensive line and that unit played great. Um, I think what happened with Eric Wolford is the way it ended at Kentucky where I forget what recruit it was, but he was basically on the recruiting trail, still employed by Kentucky recruiting for Alabama. And that did not sit well with Mark Stoops. That did not still sit well with the fans here. And, you know, uh, talking, it was really interesting when, you know, he left and some of these younger players, they had a really tough year last year on the offensive line. And a big talking point was kind of that Eric Wolford was kind of this tough guy, not really a players coach, more of an old school screamer. And he didn't really mesh well with some of the guys like Jeremy Flax who's having a fantastic year at right tackle talked about how much more comfortable he is with coach Yenzer the new offensive line coach uh, for Kentucky who replaced Wolford so I think he wasn't a player favorite he wasn't a fan favorite but you know from a result standpoint that offensive line was outstanding that year so you got to give him some credit for that absolutely but yeah I think it's kind of more the same of what you're seeing at Alabama where it's a mixed bag um, but for different reasons so yeah it was a uh, his depart it wasn't that he left like guys are it's a compliment I think when a program like Alabama takes a coach from you uh you know same when ever I think Brad white at some point you know lSU tried to hire him they ended up with matt house like those are compliments to your staff but um it was the way it ended and how he was kind of going around some business that uh, it was kind of a sour taste in everyone's mouth at the end, especially because he's a guy that I'm pretty sure is a Youngstown, Ohio guy like Stoops is, and they've known each other for a long time. So uh, the way it ended, just uh, it didn't sit well around here.
0: Uh, that's unfortunate to hear. That's unfortunate to hear. All right. So y'all uh, Kentucky already played Georgia. How good is the Georgia Bulldogs? You play yes. them every year. You play them every year. Are they as good as the last two seasons, the back-to-back national
1: champions? Tell us about that three and a half hours in athens man yeah that first of all it was a night game at sanford stadium so that place was i've been to i'm still haven't been to tuscaloosa for a game yet but i've you know covered games at the swamp at night covered games at Neyland when that place is rocking sold out that was the most electric atmosphere i've been a part of so yeah you know, they were, it kind of already felt like it was 12 against 11 and then georgia probably played still to this day like their most complete game of the year And i would say this I don't know if they're better than the last two teams on defense, but I think Carson Beck is an upgrade at quarterback. I truly believe that. He is playing lights-out football. He has been all year. Everyone's kind of like, when is he going to have that game where he struggles? Like, I don't know, because he's really freaking good. I mean, his, I don't know. I know going into that Kentucky game, his completion percentage was near 73%. I think he completed 80% of his passes, and they were darts, man. I mean, he was – just finding guys left and right. And you see, you know, without Brock Bowers right now, they're still making things happen because they got Oscar Delp, who's a really, really good tight end, still in there. Um, I think they did a good job. I know it's kind of taken a little bit to get those wide receivers going, but I thought Dominic Lovett was a great addition in the portal, same with Ra Ra Thomas. So I really like where they're at offensively. Their offensive line's as good as it always is. But I definitely think they're a little more – at least there were ways, I think, defensively. Kentucky, I mean, they put up two touchdowns. They really should have put up three because they were down. They fall behind seven nothing. Georgia scores on the opening drive of the game. And then they get Kentucky gets into a third and 16. And Tavion Robinson is wide open for probably a touchdown. And Devin Leary just misses them high. And that kind of, that was kind of when you knew, okay, this is going to get away from Kentucky pretty fast here. Cause, you know, like I said, you can't waste opportunities in games like these. Um, but so there, there were definitely, you know, a couple of drives where Kentucky was able to move the ball. I actually think their first four drives, they were able to get into Georgia territory. So, um, you know, and we've kind of seen it. I know Auburn, uh, Peyton Toon ran for like 91 yards from the quarterback position, and you know, Auburn ran for over 200 against them. So I definitely think you can beat them on the ground. I definitely think they're a little more uh, – suspect in the secondary than maybe in years past, but overall, man, it's still Georgia. It's still five stars at every position. It's still Kirby smart and his master motivation tactic. He's probably telling the guys they're ranked 22 in the college football playoff rankings right now. So, uh, you know, their head, they're going to be playing with their heads on fire. So yeah, they're still Georgia. They're still really tough, but you know, if it ends up being an Alabama in that sec championship game, I'd, I definitely think it, 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 there's Georgia is beatable where I'm not sure they were last year, um, and even the year before. So um, I'm really I'm hoping it ends up being, you know, Georgia, Alabama and a really good game down there in uh, Atlanta. So we'll see what happens.
0: Well, Aaron, we've had a lot of fun hanging out and talking to you today. We've been talking to Aaron Gershon of the Cats Paws 24-7. You can follow him at agershon99. As we get out of here, anything Kentucky-wise that we left off the table? Anything that uh, you think the Alabama fans need to know? I mean, Alabama fans haven't been up there in 10 yeah. years. Anything interesting about Lexington they should be looking out for? Or Any storylines
1: we left off the table today? Yeah, I think – I just think – you know, come, in. it's a lot different than 10 years ago when Mark Stoops was inheriting a mess and, you know, kind of just didn't have an SEC talent roster. So I'd say, you know, Kentucky is a talented team. It's not a team that Alabama, I would say, should fear, uh, but it's a much better team than they saw the last time fans were here. And I think this town uh, is an underrated college football town i mean there's a lot of places to go it's a beautiful time of year around here um you know horse season and all that so uh the football stadium they've they've done some renovation since then the facilities are completely different so you know a lot has changed in this place the last 10 years there's definitely uh an improvement in this football program since then so you know i definitely think it'll be a much better game from just the giving alabama a push than you saw 10 years ago but uh I'm not sure how much different a result it'll be. But, uh, yeah, no, I definitely look forward to uh, seeing the Crimson Tide fans and seeing Nick Saban and, and his group on Saturday.
0: Well, Aaron, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hopefully we can do it again when basketball season rolls around. Thank you. Sounds good, man. Yes, sir. That's Aaron Gershon joining us from the Catspaws, twenty four seven sports, and your boy did a bad job messing up the uh, time zone. So I appreciate Aaron hanging out with us on a little bit of a different schedule, squeezing him in right after the Alabama basketball availability. So what are we going to do the rest of the day? We just talked to Aaron Gershon. We're going to talk to Laron McLean here in just a moment. Uh, I already talked to Kenzie Bradenburg from uh, from uh, Cowbell Corner. I'm going to be talking to somebody from Mizzou Central as well to talk about Missouri. So it's going to be a busy day here on the Joe Gaither Show. Of course, you can follow it at Joe Gaither 6 on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. You can uh, watch it on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Joe Gaither 6 and at Bama Central for, on all of those uh, platforms right there. So we're going to do a couple more episodes today. We're going to talk to Leron McClain. Hopefully, if we can connect with him, then we will connect with someone from Mizzou Central to hear about Missouri football, and we'll package all of it together for Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. The rest of our day looks like Pat McAfee at noon, Pat McAfee and Coach Saban at noon. We'll have uh, have Nate Oates at noon as well. Coach Nate Oates talking about their first win and setting up their next game on Friday against Indiana State, so we'll hear from Coach Oates at noon. Blake Byler and myself will be a part of that for Bama. Central.com. Uh And then we'll have, of course, Hey Coach tonight. Hey Coach, Nick Saban, Eli Gold, and the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Starts at 6.30. So it's going to be a fun rest of the day covering Alabama and Kentucky, covering Alabama basketball against Indiana State. Uh, and we're going to hopefully catch up with Leron McLean coming up next right here on the Joe Gaither Show. And then, of course, we're going to try to catch up with several other people as we move along through our Thursday. Right here on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. <laughs> Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa Internet World, West Alabama, right here in downtown Northport. This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com, and we are making our debut. We're trying a little experiment today. We're gonna have a lot of fun on our Wednesday edition of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. We'll have a double episode tomorrow just to kind of get do a little housekeeping. Uh, our guest today postponed to tomorrow, so we are uh, going to do a little experiment, and we are going to merge com and Cowbell Corner today, CowbellCorner.com. You can check Cowbell Corner out is the home for Mississippi State and so we're going to find out about the Mississippi State Bulldogs. The last time we talked Mississippi State Bulldogs, the last time I talked about Mississippi State, was Alabama and Mississippi State uh, football matchup, what, probably five weeks ago. So we're going to head over to Starkville and find Kinsey Brandenburg. You can find her on the twi- uh, Twitter machine at Kinsey. Kensington brand too and find all her coverage at cowbellcorner.com we're gonna hear about how really Mississippi State has done since that uh loss to Alabama and start talking about uh Mississippi State basketball Kenzie how are you doing today how's your hump day
2: I'm doing so great thank you so much for having me today
0: Oh no problem, no problem. Well, like we said, we only the last time I talked about Mississippi State was leading up until Alabama's uh, Alabama's first SEC road game over in Starkville. It was the second SEC game of the season. Obviously, Alabama came away with a pretty big win. Mississippi State has still been floundering, four and five, uh, coming off a loss to Kentucky this past weekend. What has been really the story of uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs football season?
2: Well, we started out strong with two wins, but then when we started getting into a little bit more conference games, then we had some issues there. And then on top of that, we had our quarterback, Will Rogers. He was injured, so now he's out. And that's put a little bit of a damper on how we're performing.
0: Well, exactly. You hit on the Will Rogers, and so you, Mississippi State Zach Arnett has turned to has turned to Mike Wright, the former Vanderbilt transfer. How has Mike Wright come into the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs offense and performed in relief?
2: I mean, he's come out strong. He's come out ready. He's been there. He's been leading the team, um, but he's nowhere close to where Will Rogers was. I mean, Rogers has been has been leading the team for three, four consecutive years. And um, then we have this new transfer, Mike Wright, come in. And he's doing the job, but we definitely are expecting to see more of, out of him this weekend.
0: Well, as you said, you want to see more out of him this weekend. Will it be Mike Wright for a, another what, it will Is Will Rogers out for the whole year?
2: We have no – recent updates on will rogers except that he is still injured and um it's really up to how zach arnett sees that he's doing that he will play but uh we're expecting for mike wright to be playing again this this week
0: all right so mississippi state is four and five you've got texas a&m you got southern miss and you've got the egg bowl to close out the season you got to get two wins to get the bowl eligibility can the bulldogs do it
2: that's the question of right now. We're not exactly sure. We need to see how we're doing. I think this weekend will really determine whether we'll get there or not. I mean, we can sacrifice one more loss, but we got to step it up if we really want that bowl eligibility.
0: They're going to be Mississippi State's going to be on the road this weekend 6:30 over in, uh over in College Station, Texas, taking on Texas A&M. So we'll have to watch and see what the Bulldogs do over the last three weeks of the season. Let's flip and talk about basketball just real quick As a lot of college basketball programs opened their season last night. Alabama went with a uh, – oh, excuse me, on Monday night. Alabama with a big win on Monday evening, and then we'll play again on Friday. But Mississippi State has yet to uh, has yet to get things started. Mississippi State's playing the Barstool Sports Invitational uh, starting this evening, 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. five, five hours, from now mississippi state is taking on arizona state the uh sec media writers picked mississippi state to finish uh to finish seventh in the league this year uh what's going to be the uh, mississippi state bulldogs outlook fall on the on the hardwood
2: We're hoping to see a lot come out of the team this year. I mean, our coach, um, he has had a contract extension, so he did really well with us last year, and we're hoping to see more out of what he can do with us this year. Our Lady Bulldogs did take home a win a couple nights ago, 77-44 to Alcorn State. but So we're hoping to see the same type of performance with the men's basketball.
0: Well, Kenzie, tell us all about yourself and what you do at Starkville, and tell us a little bit about Cowbell Corner.
2: Well, I am a sophomore here at Mississippi State University. I'm majoring in communications with a with a concentration in journalism and digital broadcasting, and of course, a minor in Spanish as well. And um, with Cowboy Corner, it's been such a great opportunity to just write about all things Mississippi state athletics and get to be on top of what's going on with each team. And, um, now we're doing a lot more with it. We're hoping to see some more come out of cowbell corner, especially recently now that we're writing more, producing more, that sort of thing.
0: Yep, and you can follow Kenzie Brandenburg Brandenburg at Kensington Brand 2 on the X Machine, uh, sophomore over at Mississippi State, going to be covering the Bulldogs their last three football games. Uh, You think they can beat Texas A&M?
2: We're praying for a win. I really think they can pull it off. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and so we'll catch up with Kinsey after the AM and uh, game, probably sometime next week, get her report on Texas A&M's uh, matchup with the Bulldogs and, and really, uh, really get things going on with Mississippi state's basketball season. T- tell everybody once again, where they can find you and uh, just uh, what you're going to be getting into this weekend in riding for Cowboy corner.
2: Well, you can, like you said, you can follow me on Twitter at Kensington brand too. And, um, I will definitely be covering more of what goes on at A&M and um, probably over some of the basketball as well. And overall, just any news, I'll have it out there on Cowball Corner.
0: That sounds great. Kenzie's, uh, Kenzie, uh, Kenzie Brandenburg, excuse me, is joins us right here for a first little edition of Joe Gaither on Cowbell Corner. So we're going to look forward to doing this uh, more and more often as uh, we keep up with Mississippi State Athletics right here on Bama Central and on cowbellcorner.com.